Are you tired of working nine to five? Are you tired of your dreams going unfulfilled? Are you still letting fear stop you from pursuing that business idea? Well, all that stops today. I'm Shawnee Sanders, host of the Girl Take No podcast, a podcast for ambitious women looking to ditch their nine to five and take the leap into entrepreneurship. Each week, you will learn the mindset, methods, and actionable steps other successful entrepreneurs took to make the shift from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and live the life they always dreamed of. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Techno Podcast. I am your host, Shawnee Sanders. And today I have with me Deb Curtis. She is a small business owner and she's also a business acquisition loan consultant. I didn't want to mess that up because sometimes I can mess up intros. (laughs) You're cute. Deb, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. You you did that great. No retake. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I'm glad. So before we jump into any questions, I always like to get the story behind the brand. What inspired you to get into this business and become, you know, help women or help people with their business loan acquisition accusations? Mm. Yeah. Um, boy, oh boy. And, and that was, you said it on the nail. I want to help women mm-hmm. um, because many of us women have had the challenges in corporates, um, yeah. trying to climb the ladder. Oh, I, I have so many stories and I don't want to get into them now, but a lot of different <laughs> employer corporate stories of working yeah. with, with men mm-hmm. and particularly, I'm, you know, I'm not here to bash anybody, but typically white men have been the breadwinner since goodness, the seventies, eighties, nineties, prior to that, it was always the man of the house, right? The yeah. breadwinner. So we've grown up in this culture where, um, that's always been the case. They mm-hmm. continue to climb the corporate ladder and here we are, Shawnee decades later. And one would think that we're better. And yes, we are. We've improved because I think women have more of a say and we're trying to find our way. And there are tons of women leaders out there, but yeah. we still have a ways to go. And um, why I do what I do today is because of the hurts that I went through during my corporate uh, career. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to give you a synopsis. Uh, my very first professional career was back in the early um, 1990s. Mm-hmm. And it was working for a finance company. I was there for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Gen Xer. And our generation, uh, we were raised to be loyal to corporate yeah. and give it your all. Yeah. And, um, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. And time on the job. You work until you retire. I know. And it was mm-hmm. it was always time on the job on your resume. And back then, if you were 15 years on the job, you felt like you were secure and the mm-hmm. benefits were fantastic back then as well. Yeah. Um, but I found I wanted to get promoted. I didn't have a college education back then. That's another story. I was came from a broken family and we didn't have enough money. And it just seemed like back then you had to have a college education. I mean, yeah. I remember employers, Shawnee, they wouldn't even talk to me because mm-hmm. I didn't have a degree on my resume back yep. then. Back then, yeah. Yeah. So that first job of 18 years was in a very male-dominated industry, as they all were back then. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get promoted. 
And they said no, because I was a woman. And they were, it was back then you could say that. I'm not mm-hmm. kidding you. It was like, say what? You're telling me I can't get promoted? They said, no, we don't think women can do the job. Mm-hmm. Well, don't tell us girls we can't do the job. Because right. <laughs> you know that's right. I'm going to prove you that I can. So I kept pushing them in a positive, persistent manner, as mm-hmm. that's a lot, my definition of who I am, positively persistent. And finally, they just said, okay, we'll give you a chance. This girl isn't going to go away. So mm-hmm. they gave me the opportunity without any pay for six months, and I, I crushed the goals. I was doing great. They promoted me, and it was very apparent that I didn't receive nowhere near the same salary as my male counterparts did. Mm. And I didn't have a college education. So they're like, well, you don't have a college education, so you're not going to make as much money. Plus you're a girl. (laughs) Yeah. And I did did the job. So all that mattered to me, Shawnee, was having that promotion on my resume that I I made it to a branch manager um, of a finance company, which Mm -hmm. allowed me to get into other uh, banks moving my career forward. But still, every time I pu- applied, Shawnee, that that college education was not on my resume, even though I could prove I was crushing, you know, records in Had corporate experience. America. Yeah. Thank you. Leading yeah. people, <laughs> yep. uh, inspiring people, great customer service. So um, then it was, that's when I got introduced to uh, business banking and working with small business owners. Mm-hmm. Again, a very male dominated industry. Think about your corporate um, community banks or any banks, your big banks, your medium sized banks. Yeah. When you would walk into them, the market president was always a man with a mm-hmm. suit and tie, right? So yeah, that's true. Um, I traveled that journey and had dealt with a few very toxic um, gentlemen, (laughs) uh, market (laughs) presidents that didn't like women and Mm -hmm. uh, made it really miserable for us and and favored the guys. Um, I can remember times where, you know, we all managed a book of business. I was the only woman on the business banking team. Mm -hmm. And we all had a a book of business and all the guys that were my um, comparator peers, they did the same job that I did, but I was the only girl. Mm -hmm. The market president, you know, the, the one that was, did not like women would take all the guys except me to like basketball games in the NBA Mm -hmm. and NFL football games with their customers. And I had to stay back. And that just, good old boys club, right? You said it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I it's, do. Do you realize, here's the funny thing, though. Us girls, we would be left behind. And we, we actually were kind of happy that they left because, mm-hmm. it, you know, it gave us a chance to breathe because the tension was just so thick. Yeah. Um, with the women because he, the leader, did not like women. But boy, mm-hmm. he took all the guys out and he treated them completely differently than us. Mm-hmm. So I bounced around from job to job and tried to climb the corporate ladder some more, only to find I kept getting pushed down. And I really think it's because of what you said, the boys club. Yeah. I just did not know the right man. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's how the guys got promoted. 
um, there was a fella on my team that was a best friend to the market president. He did nothing. Mm -hmm. he, he wouldn't even come into the office, Shawnee. He did nothing <laughs> and got paid more than me and would go on all these events with the president to, you know, big NBA games and take out clients while mm -hmm. I sat behind. Anyhow, so through all this, I'm, I'm, I think God was preparing me. And I shouldn't say I think. I know. I just didn't know at the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I look back today and I'm like, he was preparing me for this moment in time. So I was introduced to SBA lending mm -hmm. and it's complicated, but through the years, a, a good 10 year um, finale of my corporate career, I worked as an SBA lender mm -hmm. and that's the government affiliate um, that helps guarantee loans to, to the banks that give small business loans to small business owners. And during that transition, purchase financing and established money-making business is a credit request that everyone is entitled to apply for. Mm. Nobody taught us this in school. Mm -mm. Do we know about it? Do, do you and your friends know that this nope. is an option, right? No. I don't even think we know about it like today. Like we don't know. I, 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 I know it's the craziest thing. And, and I know that now for the last 10 years because I loved working on those transactions and, and, um, just a little tip for your listeners today, there's 11,000 baby boomers retiring per day and mm. 11,000. Cause we're living longer. Mm -hmm. We're aging we're healthy at, at older ages than where we were years ago. And a lot of those baby boomers own established money-making small businesses where they want to retire and sell, pass their owner salary on to you, the new owner. And if you manage the team of people and the customers that are already in place for 10, 15, 20 years mm -hmm. and just if it's not broke, why fix it? Just do a yeah. good job overseeing it. You're earning a decent salary and the profits of that business are what makes the SBA loan payment to purchase that business. Hmm. Nobody teaches this to you. Do <laughs> Nobody does. That's what I'm saying. So guess who the average applicant has been and continues to be purchase financing these established money-making businesses. It has been the corporate white man. And <laughs> it is what it is. I'm not here to bash, but mm -hmm. I'm just, it's, it's um, a culture that we grew up in years ago and it's continuing today. And we as a country, we're not doing a good enough job to educate women, people of color, mm -hmm. all of our minorities, any, all the people. We're not educating them that this is an opportunity to help women and minorities get out of corporate America to consider acquiring an established business. So I, I spoke a lot there, my dear. Because no, it was good. Oh, it's good because you know what? It's so true. Like if we think about, you know, it's so crazy. I was talking to another guest and he told me how back in the day, 
Women couldn't even open their own bank accounts. They had to have a man do it for them. So mm-hmm. it's understandable why this structure of banking was really in lending was geared towards men, mm-hmm. you know, particularly white men, because of course people of color couldn't have bankers accounts at all, you know? <laughs> and so it it does make sense why they will be the ones that know mainly about this because it was always geared towards them versus yeah. women. Mm-hmm. especially people of color. Yeah. And so it, it's it's astounding, but you're so right today. And this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I was so amazed by, wow, SBA loans. It I've always heard about it, but it's always been such a grueling process and people get so discouraged mm-hmm. from the process mm-hmm. to the point where you didn't even know they were still, that they were still lending. You can yeah. still do this. And so it's good for the audience to know that this could be a viable option for you to acquire a business that's already established, already making income, already has everything done. Yep. And you come in as a new owner. That's right. And, and most people today think if I want to get out of corporate, I have to start up a business. Mm-hmm. And, and most don't do it because that's grueling. Those first mm-hmm. one, two, three years of starting up a business, most often they fail and people bootstrapped it and, you know, took out all the equity out of their home and their savings and and Mm -hmm. then failed. Yeah. Acquiring a business with an SBA loan, it's already making money and there's a salary already in place Mm -hmm. to pay you before the money. I mean, you're paid and then there's still cash profits left to pay that SBA loan payment. Um, so my message, though, it, it's going to continue even louder, and I want to share with you why. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be a voice of reason because my corporate chains are released. Mm-hmm. And um, 2018 is when I established my business on a part-time basis, but I still did business acquisition um, loans at banks that I worked at. I still received a salary. And yeah. then I, I did this on the side. Um, now my message is through my experience, business brokers represent these businesses that are for sale on the market. Mm -hmm. And if you Google up, Google up, how do I buy a business? The first thing Google tells you is to contact a business broker that sells the business. And that's the wrong way to do it because they want to control the buyer um, because they, they want to sell that business. That's where their commissions are made. Mm-hmm. They want to control the buyer. And then they work with direct bank lenders where the bank pays the broker an additional referral fee if you, the buyer, work with their lender. So it's mm. they don't tell you this. Yeah. So there's money to be made and, and there's a partnership between the broker that's selling the business that you're buying with the lender they're referring you to. And, and I don't like it. It's not ethical in my opinion, because mm-hmm. it doesn't represent you, the buyer to protect you on the business that you're buying. How does that make sense? I, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. So that's number one. Number two, what I'm seeing and I'm going to, now I'm an advocate um, for, you know, equal and fair treatment of all the people, women mm-hmm. and people of color. I have clients that engage me because I source different banks to find the right and the best loan structure for my bo- people that want to purchase finance a business. Mm-hmm. And I have women that come to me and 
I have people of color come to me and they'll call business brokers. They are completely credible and vetted by me that Mm -hmm. they have good credit. They, they are able to come up with proper down payment, like purchase financing a house. Mm -hmm. Everything is solid, but these business brokers in their minds, they're just assuming you're not going to qualify. Sound familiar? You could try to apply for a loan. Yeah. For a home, anything. Yep. You're right. And, and they're, Cherry, I call it cherry picking. It's not mm-hmm. right. In fact, there's regulations against it in banking, but it is happening with business brokers and it is happening with direct bank lenders. Um, yeah, I might be a whistleblower, but now that I'm out of corporate, I can yeah. be. I can yes. be. I'm a, I'm a voice exactly. of reason. I'm a voice exactly. of reason. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I, I shouldn't say I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just calling it out as I like see it is. It. Yeah. And I think it needs to be called out because we need to know. Yes. You know, you just need to know, you know, let's go back for a second and talk about, I wanted to touch on the whole thing when it comes to like the disparity when it comes to salary in corporate America. Yeah. And it's so funny how today we're still dealing with that. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, as women, we do make six figures, six figures. We do get to a good salary, but still it's nothing compared yeah. to what men make. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy to me that we're still there. Women are still fighting for equal pay. I look at the WNBA, they're still fighting, trying to get the same amount of money as men who are in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it's still a fight. And I'm like, when does it end? Will our kids now have to do continue this fight as, as young girls and women? Like, when does it end? That's the question, Shawnee. So keep preaching with me. <laughs> Yes. That, that that would be my message and yeah. preach, preach it loud and use your platform here with your podcast show. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep preaching it and I'm not bashing. I'm just bringing up reality that we have got to change. All it is. Mm-hmm. That's you. all it is. It's just reality. We know this is what it is. They know this is what it is. And it's like, when are we just going to measure up? When yeah. are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. You know, where we're not having these discussions. And I too had to leave jobs simply because they won't promote me. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't sit here in a position that I'm not going to grow, mm-hmm. you know, right. and to come up with some reason in terms of why they can't. Yeah. When I'm like, I can go somewhere else and get that job, get that title, you know what I mean? And make more money somewhere else versus the job I've been with nine years. Right. I'm, I, I know, I'm sure your audience can relate to exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. And I think of when I was working at corporate America as a direct SBA lender, Mm -hmm. there were more men on the team that did the same as me. You know, we were loan originators Mm -hmm. and sometimes you needed a deal to get pushed through, or you needed a, a better interest rate because you were in a competitive situation. Guess who always got the exceptions to the rule? The men, the yep. top performing men, the women. Eh, yep. nope. All yeah. the time. And it wasn't just me. I, I spoke to other women in the industry and they deal with this. They dealt with this. They still deal with it today. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So it's crazy how it all yeah. still happening. We're going to make a change, Shawnee. Yeah, we're, we are. We're going to keep gonna, talking about it. <laughs> that's right. Has to be done. <laughs> Something has to be done. And, and, and my mission is to help educate women, people of color, our minority population, how to become business owners of an established money-making business. Mm-hmm. That's my mission. 
Yes, I will help men because we have to preach unity and diversity, but it's time today to level the playing field. And you know what? I'm perfectly fine if one day women are ahead of the game because it's been decades, a lifetime, and the time is now. Yeah, time is definitely now. Let's talk about your journey as when you took that leap and you decided to say, okay, I'm going to do this full time. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to help other women and people of color, you know, buy these established businesses. How was the journey for you? Was it a rough start? Because listen, I know being an entrepreneur, it's not easy. You have your highs and lows. Mm -hmm. So when you started, was it a rough start for you or was it like easy sailing, guys? Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's. That's our fear. It's always the fear of the unknown. Yeah. I speak to a lot of clients that are afraid to to take the leap from corporate into something. And it's the fear of the unknown. Um, And I always will, will share that it's my job to take that fear out. So you know where you're going and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think of um, a, a gal that lived in Minneapolis. She, she was a, Longtime human resource manager for several different large corporations. Mm-hmm. She wanted to get out because she wasn't getting promoted. She was dealing with the same issues yeah. that most women do. So she found a staffing agency in Florida that was for sale along with the, the real estate that the business operated in. And um, um, because she had that experience of managing people and recruiting people, think about it. To transfer into a business that's already established and there's mm-hmm. employees and there's customers, it's like a promotion, Shawnee. It is. So to transfer from um, corporate in a similar industry, it doesn't have to be spot on exact, but mm-hmm. if you have management experience, in her case, she had staffing experience. Mm-hmm. That was easy. She, yeah, fact, it aligned. Mm-hmm. It aligned. And, and in fact, her salary to be the owner of the business in Florida was substantially more than what she was earning today. Mm-hmm. And it was profitable. It was a, in Florida's booming. Everybody's moving down there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, if she came to me and want, wanted to do a startup, which, which I don't support, um, doing SBA loans for startups because you have a better chance at purchase financing something that's already working and making yeah. But if she said, you know what, Deb, I've been in staffing for, you know, 15 years of my career and I want to start up a, a restaurant, mm-hmm. that, that's going to be grueling. That's not going to work. Yeah. So there's that difference. You know, you have to think to yourself, I, th- I think if you're in corporate and you want to get out, what's your passion Mm-hmm. Could you turn that passion into maybe a part-time business on the mm-hmm. side while you're still working at corporate and mm-hmm. then grow it from there? Or maybe you're in corporate and you're like me, my passion was business acquisition financing. Mm-hmm. Always was. But I realized in corporate was not where I was happy because I was um, stifled. Yeah. In- promotions or exceptions to give better programs to my customers because the guys always got it. Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized get out and do it on my own as a business and work with all the lenders I know. So transferring to entrepreneurship, it just all depends upon what that plan is and mm-hmm. what is your 
hard to do. It yeah. can be easy if you're going to something that's established or else I would suggest to start it slowly on the side part time yeah. so you can eventually um, exit on out. You know, I think that was a good point you made in terms of like most people think about when they want to start something, they start a business, they think about a startup, starting from something from the ground up. I don't think most people think about going into something that's already established, that's already have customers, already maybe have employees, that's mm -hmm. already generating income, and you're just going in now to management and help it grow further. Exactly. I think that. I think we missed that part because it's not even something I even thought about. You know, yeah. we just go straight to thinking about, I got to start my own business. I got to start it up from the ground up and yeah. that's how it's going to go. But I and think this is a viable option. It is a viable option. Mm -hmm. And the, one of the most exciting um, uh, plans within the business plan of transitioning into the new business that mm -hmm. that's already working these are baby boomers, Shawnee. Yeah. And they're profitable without a website. Yes. They're profitable without social media marketing. Mm -hmm. What do the younger folks, you know, 30s and 40s, what do they know today works best for a business? Well, for crying out loud, a website for sure. Yeah. Website, <laughs> so, social media presence. <laughs> yeah. So these baby boomer profitable businesses that are doing well with old, old fashioned, pick up the phone and call for business. Mm -hmm. If you transition in just some little fine tweaks like that could make the business even more profitable. Yeah. And isn't that cool? That so, is cool. Cause you kind of get to upgrade something, you know what I mean? Bring it more yeah. into a modern state. So let me yeah. ask you, most clients that come to you, do they already know what kind of business they want to establish? Or do you kind of lead them in a direction of saying, hey, this is, seems to be where your passion and your skill set align with this type of industry? You, you know, it, it usually they come to me with kind of a, a list of industries that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and then in this ever-changing market that we're in, what's sustainable Um for a small business. And what I mean by that is what's essential. What do we, what do we need every day? We need our plumbing fixed. We need mm -hmm. our air conditioning fixed. Us women, we like to get our hair cut. Um, yeah. We love restaurants. Pizza restaurants were incredibly successful um, during COVID. The ones mm -hmm. that looked at the pandemic as opportunity to kind of flip their operations into more delivery and carry mm -hmm. out. Yeah. You know? And yeah. now those um, now those new found ways to increase revenue is still in their business plan, along with the dining room open full time. So they're mm -hmm. actually growing those businesses more. So, um, it, you know, we do self-discover and, and, and the underwriter will look at your resume uh, and I will coach my clients. Like if, if you want to buy a restaurant, because some people just love restaurants. Yeah. And there are a lot of them that are profitable. Um, more than likely the underwriter is going to want to know you have restaurant experience. And mm -hmm. for me, if I wanted to buy a restaurant, Shawnee, you'd have to go back like 30 years to see my restaurant experience. So when I have conversations <laughs> with buyers, I tell them this story and they're like, oh yeah, I did work at a restaurant for five mm -hmm. years, my college days. So I tell them to pull that up on the resume because yeah. they can see that you know how to work in a restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you, so do you, because when I also think about a lot of franchise businesses, because I see a lot of people buying McDonald's, Subways, people are getting into all these different franchises simply because they actually generate money. Is that the type of business that 
some of your clients go into or is that completely separate from what you do? Yes. And we all know Subway, um, Cousins. I don't know if you have Cousins where you are, you know, all the franchise uh, owned businesses. (laughs) You can start them up from ground zero if the market is available. Mm -hmm. And again, just as a reminder, I don't finance startups. I focus solely on what I would call resale of the McDonald's and the subways. Okay. You know, resale of an established Mm -hmm. franchise location that's growing and it's profitable. Yeah. Yes. So the answer to your question is yes, you can purchase finance an established franchise that's making money. Mm -hmm. And that's, more for the entrepreneur that maybe likes um, a manual to go to, right? The mm-hmm. franchisor is telling you how everything must must be done in a day and yeah. they support you. And we finance those. And then the mom and pops where mm-hmm. they show you how they do the business when you transition in. And, um, and then over time, you obviously have the opportunity to tweak things and, you know, make it more of your own um, and grow it. Yeah. Where it's at. Is it a like a marketplace where you find these businesses or is it more so kind of like people are kind of like scouting in their neighborhood? Both. Okay. Um, you're very, you're a forward thinker. So <laughs> there, yes, there are business listings on the market mm-hmm. and they're listed by business brokers mm-hmm. who get paid up to 10%, kind of like a realtor when, when the home sells, when the business sells, mm-hmm. they get a commission, right? Where you have to be careful, though, is they're going to try to push you to work with their SBA lender because they make more profit. Yeah. And I recommend don't go that route. Start with, you know, either your direct SBA lender that you know or or consultant like me that knows several of them because every bank has its own credit policy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could call three banks today to apply for purchase financing a business and get three different answers. Um, and I've worked for so many banks that I know yeah. kind of where to go for the best loan structure. Um, did I answer your question fully? Yes. Yes, you okay. did. What is some of, what is the most, like when it comes to your clients, what is the industry where you see them purchasing the most? Industry that I see purchasing the most these days. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a good one. Um, um, well, before I answered the question, during COVID, everybody was talking about financing e-commerce. Got to buy yeah. e-commerce, e-commerce. Yeah, e-com, yeah. Yeah. And online. <laughs> right online. But here's what's happening now. And I had a chief of credit years ago that did not like e-commerce deals. And his reasoning was because fear of the big Amazon giant mm-hmm. buying out those little e-commerce companies. Because here's a story what they do. Yeah. If you're a small little e-commerce business, you're thrilled when you can sell on Amazon because yeah. everyone buys there. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens, what can happen is Amazon will track your sales and how you're doing as a small business e-commerce provider. You can retail on Amazon and, and make an income. And what they'll do, for example, we all know the ring light, you know, mm-hmm. when we're on Popular. a Zoom call. Yep, yep, the ring light. We all got one. <laughs> That's right. Well, the original founder of the ring light was a small business owner, and he was selling those like crazy on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well, they took him out 
and made their own Amazon ring light at a discounted price. And that put him under. You know what? Amazon does that. Yes. I did not pay attention to that. But when you do, you look, that is so, you have just blown my mind, Deb. Because when I think about it, Amazon always have their own Amazon choice product that they recommend to you You versus the the product, the, you know, when I'm looking at chairs or Mm -hmm. sheets or pillows, it's always so Amazon recommended. And, and, and of course, that they is can, so true. It is. And they can buy all their parts or work with the manufacturer and, and get it much cheaper than the small business owner who maybe mm-hmm. doesn't sell as much, but they'll wipe you out. So um, don't do e-commerce. That's what I say. And my <gasps> chief of credit a few years ago, cause I'm like, but why they're so profitable right now. And then he told me, I'm like, Oh, and they can steal what you have. Yeah. Yeah. But what I would recommend, what's the trend that people are buying right now? What's, mm-hmm. what is essential? And here's, here's, think about this. We're living longer. Mm-hmm. What's essential? In-home healthcare, um, daycare. We, you, yep. we need to, home healthy. Yep. Right. Daycare. Mm-hmm. Think about it. AI can't watch your kids. No, <laughs> no, it can't. I don't want it to. Thank <laughs> you. Right. But isn't that true? Yeah. You know, think of stuff like that. And that, cause that's how underwriters are thinking, um, um, landscaping, um, you know, in home, um, upgrades, you know, you know, just think of things that we need auto repair. Yeah. You know, just think in a day, like what's, what's a need that's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Anything hands on, um, that AI can't touch. What what I think would be concerning right now is anything that's marketing related. We got to be careful. Um, yeah, you know, AI is taking over a lot of that tools that can easily market things for you now. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. But it can't yeah. take away who Shawnee is and her voice and her face and or mine. Exactly. It can't do the podcast for me. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> but it's so funny how AI is really, re- you know, really. When you think about how it's being developed, when we think about self-driving cars and they're already testing self-driving trucks for delivery, it's going to begin to wipe out certain industries. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day. I remember I used to live in Florida and I grew up in Florida from there. And we used to have the toll takers. Do you remember the people who actually was at the booth, take the toll, (laughs) give you, change the money, give them the ticket. And now in Florida, they got rid of everybody that did that job it was a it was a big industry and now everything is self-service everything is is pay by plate it's crazy and i'm like it just wiped out an entire industry of people and a lot of those people that used to work those jobs were seniors a lot of them were older people you know who just was on a fixed income and i guess couldn't make a certain amount Uh and it's just like and it's just a thought i'm i know i'm going off on a tangent here but not because thinking about when you talk about the businesses, think about something that you know that's not going to go away. Yeah. And it's true. You got to think about that. You're on the right track, Shawnee, because Mm -hmm. on the West Coast, there are Wendy's fast food chains and McDonald's that have one employee now. The rest is all AI. Yeah. Um, My car wash, my local car wash used to have people, like you mentioned, It it, now I drive through, it just reads my license plate and and the arm goes up and that's it. I'm right through. 
Yeah. No more of the friendly staff actually washing the cars. And it's nuts. It's it's crazy what AI is doing. And you can know, I add to that? Can yeah. I add a thought to that? Because you went on this subject. So I have to tell you, you just yesterday I replied to a post because it was about AI. I replied mm-hmm. to a post on social media and I thought, because I, I I Google, I shouldn't say I Google, I chat GPT query. You know, I love whoop. a chat GPT. What's going to happen? I always say, what's going to happen with SBA loan shops, mm-hmm. with um, our front end lenders, the underwriters, uh, processors? You know, is there risk? And there is because mm-hmm. it can all go automated. So my question was, could it be? Will AI put an end to unfair treatment of all? of, you know, unfair treatment of all the people. I mean, because mm-hmm. think about it, a front-end SBA lender that's cherry-picking or a yep. business broker, yep. is AI can't do that, right? Or, it doesn't know. Thank you. So could that improve the process? Been, thank you. So there are mm-hmm. some thoughts in my mind that, yeah, it might take out jobs, but it certainly may improve some areas that we it need is. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Because then the whole process is automated. You know what I mean? And then it's like, then everyone gets a fair chance to apply for loans, fair. mortgages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then everyone gets an opportunity to do it. And there's no human, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Opinion, maybe? Yes. Or assumptions? Assumptions about what they can and cannot do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And simply because a lot of these processes are very manual. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? They're very manual jobs. When you think about the mortgage lenders and the underwriters, they're manual jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it could be streamlined a lot better. It really it, could. Yeah. And and I, I hope that it puts an end to um, rising up more women and people of color applicants to yeah. yes, be first in line to get this profitable business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm yeah. praying. <laughs> I think a lot of this just stops people because like you said, it starts with fear. People mm-hmm. one are fearful that one, they might not get approved for it, you know, and then two, just that fear of, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what stopped a lot of women from a lot of entrepreneurs, women are who are working from taking that leap because they're so afraid. It's like, can I really do this? We think that this job is our security. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that false sense of security with these jobs because it can be taken from you at any moment. And COVID really proved that for a lot of industries yeah. that you cannot rely on your nine to five. You have to have something else that you can establish, you know, that you can build on your own. And I think what you're offering mm-hmm. in terms of have built, taking over an established business is a is a big deal and is a great option. Yeah, it really is have that plan B always in motion would, yeah. would be my recommendation is on top of what you just said. You can't, you can't, is there risk with small business ownership? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there risk staying in corporate? Absolutely. More so 100%. percent probably more so today than ever before. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So how do you, how do you get clients? Is it more so like word of mouth? Is it more so like referrals? Like how yeah. do you necessarily get clients? Word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm on LinkedIn that that's a platform that is, I receive most of my referrals from because I educate a lot on there. Yeah. Uh, definitely word of mouth, but a lot of education, 
Mm -hmm. uh, being a guest on podcasts like this. I'm so grateful that you've had me here on today's show. Yes. it's just teaching. I'm, I'm a different breed. I love to teach where mm-hmm. there are SBA bank lenders out there who are very transactional. They yeah. don't think of how can I get this done? How can I help this person find a way to get it done? Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking, well, let's try this. Or what do you think of that? I, I try teaching the buyer and giving them ideas. Um, I don't cherry pick. I, I really, truly try to help my clients if they can't get the approval today, what do they need to do to get there maybe six months from now? You know, I was just going to ask that question. If someone comes to you with not so great credit looking to purchase something, is there a plan? Does there is there a plan put in place to help them get to that credit score that they need yeah. in order to actually be approved? I was yeah. going to ask that. And I would help them get there. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all heard of ways to help improve our credit. But yes, um, with SBA loans, it's just like a home mortgage loan. You you do have to show that you have good credit. Yeah. And I will teach all of that uh, to my clients that maybe don't pass that uh, score at the moment. Mm-hmm. It just means not now. Yeah. Right. It, it just means not at this not time. But this is mm-hmm. how we get you there. Yeah. And um, the business brokers are trying, you know, they'll just pass on you. They won't even give you an idea. In fact, they, they'll insult you make you feel like they won't even call you back. Exactly. It's the craziest (laughs) thing. So that's not me. Um, I want to help. And, um, that's, that's the difference because we're, we, Shawnee and I, we're going to be voices here of reason. Oh yeah. We're, we're here to make a change. Yes. (laughs) That's a change. This has been a good conversation. You always thought of SBA. So basically, you don't have to go to the SBA website mm-hmm. to apply. Because no. I remember you used to go to the SBA website, then right. they assign you an SBA loan person or either SBA consultant. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then they will help you with the whole. But that's how the old process used to be. Uh huh. So you don't have to do that process anymore. There are like during the pandemic, there was the SBA idle loan. You heard of the mm-hmm. idle. You had to go to the SBA website to apply yeah. that. But for the SBA 7A program, that that's the loan program that I work with. That supports the majority of buying a business, starting mm-hmm. up a business. Uh, all those credit requests fit in the 7A program. And that is where your local banks and your credit unions, they have an SBA lender on site. But where it gets tricky, Shawnee, is every bank and non-bank and credit union, they have their own credit policies that are all different than one another. So working with an SBA loan consultant like me helps speed up the process because I know where not to go, where it's going to be a hard, fast no. Mm -hmm. For instance, we all know Wells Fargo. They're big. They've been around forever. They're the number one SBA lender in our country. And they're not a fan of financing restaurants. What mm, uh, they'll okay. require is 50% down if you purchase finance a restaurant because it's just an industry that they don't have an appetite in, no pun mm-hmm. intended. They just don't like restaurants. Yeah. So they make it hard for a buyer saying, well, Shawnee, if you want to buy a restaurant, you got to put half down. Well, I know lenders that will do a restaurant for you, the financing with 10% down. Mm-hmm. So. You're the the average buyer that's an SBA borrower doesn't know all this. How mm-hmm. can they? Nobody's no. teaching it. 
and how do you navigate it? And so that's why I'm here. And it's hard to find anybody out there like me that's focused specifically on change of ownership transactions with the SBA. That's all I focus on. Um, and specific to really having a passion for helping women and people of color. Yeah, you're right. I I, I haven't talked to nobody that talks about the change of ownership. Right. Like we don't, like I said, if I would have never had this conversation, I wouldn't even know it was an option because everybody today is preaching, oh, real estate, real estate, purchase yeah. real estate, purchase real estate. That's what everybody is, you know, start up your own business, purchase real yeah. estate. Mm-hmm. That's what they say in how you build legacy. Nobody yeah. is talking about the fact that you can actually purchase something, a change of ownership. Right. Isn't that so, crazy? It's crazy to me. <laughs> so my, my whole journey, I, that's why God put me here. He knew yes. what he was doing. He, he, he did. Was doing. A whole new way of life. <laughs> Thank you. I know. <laughs> well, listen, I got one question to ask you, and I should have asked you this. I should have told you I was going to ask this question ahead of time. Yeah. What's because that? I like to give people an opportunity to think about it while we're talking. But what was some of the best advice you've ever received from another woman? Mm, another woman. Yeah. And I normally let you know ahead of time so you can yeah. kind of think about as the show go along because some people got to, you know, think about it, you know? I, I One comes to mind okay. right away. And, I, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, and believe it or not, she was a, a former supervisor of mine mm-hmm. in a loan shop and I loved her. Mm. And, and she worked on SBA loan. She was an SBA supervisor. And this wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago. Her name was Heidi. And she used the phrase, trust, but always verify. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and because she knew my personality, I like to trust everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and her point was, this was years ago when I was a little bit more green working with business brokers who are majority all men Mm -hmm. and typically women aren't in this position. And her point was trust, but always verify. So if they tell, if they would tell me something that, oh yeah, the business made all this money, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, then show me the tax return. She goes, trust, but don't move forward till you see the proof. So (laughs) That would be my advice for, for women out there. Trust, but always verify. So, um, and you I know, like she, she did get promoted to, um, uh, chief operating officer and, uh, oh. she has a belief in hiring just women right now. So mm-hmm. she's awesome. a force to be reckoned out there for women. So we're out there. Hear us roar. <laughs> That's right. We're coming for you. <laughs> Well, Deb, thanks so much for this conversation today. I know this conversation is going to be helpful to a lot of people and it's going to open people up to a whole new way of thinking about business. You know what I mean? Starting their own business or having their own business. So I'm excited for for them to hear it. Um, Guys, listen, I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Girl Techno Podcast and I will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Girl Techno Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, tag Girl Techno Podcast in your stories, and you will get a shout out in our next episode. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.